We're back on Inside the Nest as Kennesaw State gets ready for Eastern Kentucky. Caleb O'Neill, Bryce Gobert, Brandon Sutton, Barkley Miller join me, Nolan Alexander, to discuss the Austin P game and get ready for this matchup against Eastern Kentucky. Jahan Myers is our student athlete spotlight. He joins us for a great interview. And it's all coming up on Inside the Nest. All right, guys, getting set for the last road trip of the year. It's going to be cold in Richmond, Kentucky this Saturday. We'll talk about that later. Caleb O'Neill, Bryce Gobert, Brandon Sutton, Barkley Miller with me, Nolan Alexander. Guys, the Austin P game, this was 7-7 at the half. And going into the Tennessee Martin game, we had talked about the third quarter. The third quarter, that's a quarter that Kennesaw State has to win. And the third quarter at Tennessee Martin was pretty good for the Owls. That was the difference maker here against Austin P. Let's look at the one big takeaway from the game, the Owls and the Govs. You kind of just said it right there, Nolan. It's it's that third quarter. It's It's been the thing all season that just seems like just as you think the Owls start to get over that hump, it's just there's one more setback. And you mentioned it, 7-7 at the half. It's We, we all thought that that game was going to go probably a lot differently than it did. And just that that third quarter continues to plague Kennesaw State, and they're they're in order for a good result versus Eastern Kentucky, and that's obvious that you know uh, the, the third quarter is gonna have to be better than it was versus Austin Peay. Yeah, I mean the the third quarter is a big one. I know it's gonna be a big talking point just looking back on this year as a total, but I, I think an even bigger talking point is. These guys got to figure out how to get it done when they need it, right? That whenever you got, whenever you have got to have it drives offensively or defensively, whether you need a stop or you need a score. I mean, that we it could have been 21-7 owls going up into halftime. And then that kind of minutes the third quarter, right? Big turnovers led to being 7-7. I, I think that's the biggest thing. They got to figure out how to get down, dig a little bit deeper and get that extra one percent it's finishing through the line instead of finishing to the line that's the difference of a lot of these football games all year and we saw it again this past weekend and that's something they're gonna have to build on to this next week at eastern kentucky and this offseason yeah and i think barkley hit on something bigger than that was finishing this past week it, it, it's not even coming out of halftime these guys knew the situation tie ball game but somehow things still went the way they did they just continued to shoot themselves in the foot putting themselves in bad situations putting the defense back out on the field and, and that was just something we we've continued to see this year especially in the third as we you guys all said previously but it's just something that we we have to learn to continue to build from and and these guys are gonna have to take a lot and learn a lot from this year and be able to just come out and finish this season out and that's the biggest thing that's gonna uh, that this team's gonna need going forward i agree wholeheartedly with the, with the needing to learn to finish and through the line, not to the line. And that's that's been the difference in multiple games this year. My biggest takeaway is just there needs to be overall better communication across the team. Maybe not from the coaches, because I can't speak on that. But player to player, if we can get more guys on the same page doing the exact same thing together, there's going to be a much higher opportunity for that third quarter to come around or for them to finish through that line, not to that line. And it'll give the team a more opportunity to carry their momentum drive to drive or half to half rather than really big highs and really low lows. So that's my takeaway is if they, if they 
amp up that communication from player to player, I think that could help with their overall success on Saturday. I'm right there with you guys. Up next, Jahan Myers, the defensive lineman who had a career-high five stops against the Govs, stops by to talk about his success in the classroom, his career aspirations, what all he packs on a road trip, and what his life looks like on and off the field. It's all coming up next on Inside the Nest. Meet the Owls up close and personal and engage with Owl Nation. Show your support for the black and gold and stay up to date on all of our social media platforms. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow our Twitter and Instagram at KennesawSTFB to keep up with news and scores. To stay up to date on all things KSU Athletic, follow us on Twitter at KSU Owl Nation, as well as following us on our Instagram and liking our Facebook page at Kennesaw State Owls. Jahan Myers as Kennesaw State gets set for the close of the regular season at Eastern Kentucky this weekend. Jahan had a career game against Austin P over the weekend, the career high five tackles and matching his career high with a sack against the Governors. Jahan, I want to start out, though, with you off the field. You were a 4.0 student as a finance major. Why is maintaining good grades important to you? Since as long as I can remember, academics has been just a big priority for me. I just feel like it's been something expected for me. I remember one day, like the end of my fifth grade year, you know, they have the award ceremony and, you know, everything, PE award, highest overall GPA in the school. My name was just constantly getting called. So, I mean, that was an eye-opening moment for me. And ever since then, I just know, like, no matter what in my life, life outside of football, I'm going to make sure that I'm, you know, well taken care of, I'm academically sound and, you know, just a well-rounded man extremely important i'm really glad to hear that Jahan. with your finance degree how do you want to use that after your time at ksu uh i mean my biggest thing is you know like i said helping others and i just feel like i mean i'm big on money who doesn't love money and you know i want to help you know people achieve their goals their financial goals you know some people might not always know what to do and how to do that so you know it's also helping me helping me learn things along the way you know how to better myself and in that same process i can learn you know how to help others as well well speaking of money we'll turn it over here to bryce gobert our, our sophomore student who's just rolling in the cash right now there we go uh, yeah you know it. know jahan a great game this past weekend versus austin p question i have for you is you know not the way not the result y'all y'all wanted to get obviously versus versus the governors how do you use the stuff that y'all have watched in film early on this week to kind of prepare for this final matchup versus Eastern Kentucky? Our biggest thing, you know, especially just looking at last week, you know, is just big self-inflicted wounds. You know, we just got to, you know, make sure we don't hurt ourselves. You know, sometimes we look at film, you know, we are our biggest enemy at point. So our biggest thing, you know, having a clear mindset, you know, having a different level of focus and increased level of focus, you know, uh, just going out this week, you know, preparing the right way, uh, even myself, you know, staying consistent throughout the week and just doing whatever we need to do to uh, close out the season the right way. Yeah, it's not, it's a big game coming up, and those learning on those errors, is, it's going to be important for a team like Eastern Kentucky, which brings me to my next question. You mentioned kind of the self-inflicted wounds. What's something that you personally have been trying to work on to limit those? 
just me with myself, my big thing is uh, if I just had just looking at the recent game, you know, I just I had a, a missed tackle. I'm the type of person, you know, I have if I mess up one time, I feel like I did horrible for the whole game. I mean, I look back at the game, I was like, oh well, I didn't play as bad as I thought. But you know, I feel like even though that was one play, I know that's could have made a big difference in the game. So I have to work on, you know, like I said before, just staying consistent to make sure stuff like that doesn't happen, you know, and having a complete game all around for myself. And then, you know, that will rub off on others as well. You know, you get one person rolling and then everyone else, you know, gets that energy going as well. You know, it's just a domino effect on both sides of the ball. Final thing I have for you is how much have you been able to learn from your other guys on the D line? What's something that's been a big takeaway from this season? Right. Uh, so, obviously, I think our D line is probably the, the most experienced on our defense. And, you know, I line up and I got Travis Bell right beside me, uh, a dominant force of nature. You know, it's like I have him beside me. I feel like I can do anything. But now just, just having him, you know, and Dez and Joel and the rest of the guys in our group, uh, it just motivates me even more, you know, just gets my motor rolling. And then uh, just having that trust and chemistry with everybody on our D-line. Because, you know, if we get attacked for loss, one person get attacked for loss, everybody get attacked for loss on the D-line. Every, somebody get a sack, everybody gets a sack because it's a co- collective effort throughout the D-line to get stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, especially just with T-Bell, I've just, you know, been picking his brain, uh, using his knowledge, and he's just been – a huge inspiration for me throughout the season. And, uh, it's really just pushed me to take my game to another level because, you know, he gets talked about, and I was like, why not me? Like, why not everybody else on this defense? So I feel like he has definitely pushed me to a, a next level, and I want to continue to, you know, to continue on that path. What's happening, man? Congrats on a good game this past weekend and honestly a good season. What is the biggest thing you've learned from Coach Cotton so far this season being the ends coach? Right. So, yeah, Coach Cotton came in earlier in the spring this offseason, and he's most definitely helped take my game to another level. The main thing I feel like he brought out of me was confidence. I feel like that was the biggest thing from last year. From this year, I feel like last year I feel like I was still learning trying to maneuver, but now I feel like the game has almost become second nature. He's opened my eyes to play the game a different way, and it's also I like I feel like he just sparked something else inside of me. And, you know, and before uh, anything on the field, he, you know, take care of us as a, a human being first. And I feel like having that relationship on and off the field helps drive and help have those results on the field. So he's definitely played a big role in my performance and I can't really thank him enough. Uh, I just got to keep, keep working now. What's your favorite pass rush move as a defensive end? I got a bag of tricks, but honestly, when I, when I rush, I kind of get a feel for what my opponent does. But I, as of lately, uh, I've been loving the, uh, a Doberman move, like an arm over move and then a club rip. And then I also have like a like a side scissors I kind of go to every now and then, but and then that'll kind of transition into a, a a club rip type move. Yeah, no nah, man, the Doberman, the scissors look good on highlights. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So I got a fun question for you as a as a defensive end. Would you rather have the first play on your highlight film be a sack fumble, take it up, take it back for six, or a pick six from the defensive end position? 
Oh, we got to put the pick six on there. We still, I'm still, uh, they, uh, still waiting to get that. <laughs> Man, it's we, funny, Jahan. Every time I talk to another D lineman, and you get in that conversation, they're always like, oh, man, you know, pick six, pick six. I'm like, man, I, I agree. I play D, I play D line too, but I don't know. Something about a sack, like a sack fumble, pick it up for six. So that's something realistic. The pick six. I mean, <laughs> I like it though. I like it. Um, last question for me going into this last game against Eastern Kentucky. What's a personal goal you have for the last game? And then going beyond to the off season, looking forward to next year. Uh, just a personal goal for me. Uh, I feel like I just really just want to just, uh, like I said, just have a, a dominant presence on the field, you know, and, and be consistent throughout the whole game. Uh, and then, you know, just be focused on my assignments and just what I need to be doing. And like I said, and then I just want to create energy for everyone else to rub off on so we can just have a whole complete just dominant game on our side of the ball. And then, like I said, we do that, and then we can help bring up the offense energy, special teams energy. You know, we just have a complete game and, you know, just end the season the right way and just carry that on into next year. All right. First, I want to commend you on your academic success because yeah. we're not we're, – we're, you're not like that dude from Ohio State a few years ago that said – school i ain't come here to play school no man there, there's more than just football out there and you're doing a great job so proud of you for that appreciate it but what have you done to take care of your body you know it's late in the year you got you got one game left in the regular season what what steps do you take to help because you know everyone has injuries there's t injuries all over the team and you seem to be doing pretty well what have you done to take care of yourself yeah, um, definitely this year, really from fall camp, I've really uh, just changed how, uh, just mentally, just how I need, what I need to be doing to take care of my body. Uh, beginning to the boots, we got the Norman Tech boots, make sure I get in those every week. Uh, I'll ice, uh, Epsom salt, Epsom salt bath, and then, you know, I have my massage gun, I'll do that uh, daily, you know, just to stay loose, stretch, uh, stay hydrated most definitely. Uh, just keep electrolytes in me because I mean, like you said, like it's easy to, you know, the late in the season, you uh, get tired, you just want to go to bed, but you got to really uh, just make sure you're doing those little things because I mean, they, they impact and help you stay on the field. As an ex athlete, as you're currently doing it, people involved in social media, you see like on Twitter what a day in the life of a college athlete looks like, or you see a TikTok video, but with you who takes takes care of business in the classroom and on the field, what is a, a an average day between school and your social life and football? What's that look like in your in your life right now? Yeah, so I mean, I feel like everything is pretty much well balanced. Uh, I don't feel like it's too much of anything. I mean, because honestly, too much of anything is a bad thing. But I've I've pretty much done a good job, really. This whole this whole semester with balancing everything. I get up, uh, I eat class, homework, uh, then you got your little chill time in between that. I might hop on the game for a little bit, watch film, or, you know, just, I, I sometimes just sit, just sit down and close, just close my eyes and meditate sometimes, and then uh, go to practice, that, that's probably four or five hours a day, then I come home. This semester, I've been cooking a lot more. I have a lot of home-cooked meals I do throughout the week, I meal prep, 
And then, yeah, really after that, I was, I'm really either doing homework again, finishing up some more work I can finish up on, and then, you know, just relaxing throughout the rest of my night, just getting ready for the next day. Sound like a, like a true finance major there. Got everything <laughs> planned, scripted. You're saving money with your home-cooked meals, cooking oh, in the, in your, at your crib. Man, what's, what's your go-to meal? If you had to cook one right now and you're going, uh, it's going to smack, what's it going to be? It's going to smack. Uh, let's see. If I had to cook something today right now, I haven't cooked it in a minute, but I, I make some good shrimp tacos. Ooh, boy. That sounds good. <laughs> I got a uh, avocado lime sauce that I make. Then I uh, saute up the shrimp, or I grill it sometimes, too. So that's going to hit every trip. That, every time. That, that <laughs> one don't miss. That one don't miss. That's all I got for you. Thanks, Johan. I appreciate it, Caleb. Hey, I'm fighting Jahan over for Thanksgiving this year, and Jahan's cooking for us. Hey, I might, I might have to bring a dish. <laughs> Just let me know. I love it, man. So, Jahan, we know it's late in the season, starting to cool off outside. What's your go go to method to stay warm out there at practice? Oh, I'm I'm layering up. I already wear uh, my tights. I don't like to wear too much because once I get moving, I get too hot. But I normally just probably just have. Um, tights and then today I'm, I'm probably gonna come out with a hoodie today it's, it's kind of cold outside today but throughout the week goes on i'll probably just probably have my long sleeve or at least some type of sleeve on my arms to make sure i don't get sick and I, if anything i'm gonna stay warm <laughs> hey and i'm right there with you man i was on those dudes that used to sneak the hot hands down there with me in my hoodie so hey I'm, oh yeah i might I, I might have to give me some hot hands today <laughs> it's, it's a lifesaver man in, in between when you're standing waiting for stuff to go that, that'll that'll get you through it. Oh, most definitely. Nah, nah, y'all. Brandon would wear his Apple Watch to practice on Thursday, so he knew when we were gonna get out. <laughs> he, that, he was that tight. That that had nothing to do with it. I was a tight end. I had like twelve plays, and I was done. I had to keep my <laughs> schedule rolling. But yeah, man. Um, looking into uh, looking into this week's road trip, what's the one key thing that you must have in your bag on the road? Snacks, drinks, anything. What can it be? What's your one thing? Uh, my snacks. See, I'm a big snack guy, so I'm gonna have. I gotta have me some type of gummies, like a fruit snack, sour patch kit, something fruit flavored. I need me some beef jerky, and then I'm gonna have me for my drinks. I'm gonna have a BioLite, uh, and then I have me a Gatorade or one of those with me. Solid choices, solid choices, but no chocolate, man. What, what? That, that was like my go-to for every road trip. Chocolate, chocolate. Those game, you know, got, get the dub. We gonna, <laughs> we gonna have a nice little savory chocolate treat in, in bag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, man. That's a great answer. Well Jahan, thank you so much for your time with us here on Inside the Nest. Best of luck to you and the Owls this Saturday at EKU. Thank you. It was a pleasure joining in with you guys. <laughs> With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we're making banking a Fifth Third better. Cappuccino for Dave. Yep. Ah, oh, I overdrafted? Now this coffee is $43. That's steep, even for us. With Fifth Third Momentum Banking, we've got your back, which is why we give you extra time to avoid an overdraft. That's way better. This is banking, a Fifth Third better. Fifth Third Extra Time gives you longer. Anytime before midnight ET on the business day after your account is overdrawn to make a deposit that brings your available balance to at least $0. Visit 53.com for additional details. Fifth Third Bank NA, member FDIC.
What's going on, guys? It's another ASUN update. Obviously, last week didn't go Kennesaw State's direction, but it put Austin P in an awful good spot. They are going to sit there the rest of the season. They play Alabama upcoming this week. They already have three wins on the season along with Central Arkansas, who at this point, if you're talking about AQ or postseason hopes, is pretty much the decider right now with their game coming up against Jacksonville State, the biggest game of the year for them. If they win, they get sole possession of the A-Sun championship and the A-Sun title this year. They have a share of it at the bare minimum as of right now. But EKU and Austin P are still in the hunt right now. You look at Kennesaw State with the chance to play spoilers versus the Colonels. The Colonels need a win, and they also need a Central Arkansas loss so that they can tie and have a three-way tie for the champion so that three teams have three wins. And then EKU will likely at that point have the highest percentage, and they will likely be crowned or be voted on as the A-Sun champion with the highest percentage in the A-Sun WAC Alliance. So with EKU needing a lot to fall their way, they need a win and they need a Central Arkansas loss. And again, Central Arkansas dictates the entire A-Sun conference against Jacksonville State. And that, guys, was your final A-Sun football update. Thanks to Jordan Griffith for that quick A-Sun update for what's at stake this weekend. First and foremost, guys, uh, while the A-Sun championship picture may be away for the Owls, it's a matter of pride this Saturday, finishing over 500 in a year with a lot of difficulties and adversity, Brandon and Barkley, if I remember correct, that was one of the big talking points the first year of the program is what it means to have a winning season and finish over 500. And despite what happened last Saturday, this can help springboard the team to the offseason, right? Yeah, our uh, our rallying cry the first year was seven and four looks a lot better than six and five. And that was like <laughs> just kind of what was being preached across the locker room, which uh, – Apparently did not stick that year, unfortunately, with us finishing six and five of that loss to Presby at Presbyterian. Um, but it is a sense of pride, right? I, I think they have, they have a a bettering a better rallying cry than seven and four looks better than six and five is you know a winning record like you just said, Nolan. You're fighting for that. That's a big deal. I mean, especially if you look at the landscape of this football team of Kennesaw State football as a totality never had anything but winning seasons. Um, so I think that's really big. I think that's really going to hit the guys where it hurts, you know what I mean? Get them rolling a little bit. So look for them to come out and play. I don't think that this is a game where you're playing for nothing. Pride in a competitor goes a long ways. It's somebody who is competitive and is a competitor and you got to be to play college football. If you start challenging their pride and hitting them there, it, it typically – Get some rolling pretty easily. And Barkley's exactly right. He, during our uh, first year here on uh, Kennesaw, we were preaching 74, not 6 and 5. We, but luckily, we had already secured a winning season. For these guys this year, they have not secured that yet. So coming into this week's game, mentally, yeah, you, you realize, yeah, we got to win this to have a winning season. But it means so much more to that because you have to use this to push, not just finish out the year, but push you and your teammates to achieve that goal. Because that's not an easy thing to do. There's a lot of teams out here that go four and seven, three and eight every year. But it's it's a challenging thing to do to continue a winning legacy for a program. And that's something these coaches and a lot of these older players have to preach to these younger guys for the remainder of this week, getting us to this game. Well, let's take a look into the matchup with Kennesaw State and Eastern Kentucky. And Brandon, we'll toss it right back to this Al offense against the Colonel D. And coming into this week's game is going to be another big time one. 
Uh, this Colonel's D has proven they can put up some big-time performances against some big-time opponents. Coming off of last week to a uh, loss to Jacksonville State, but these guys still put up a heck of a performance out there, uh, coming away with uh, three sacks and a couple big-time stops on defense. But looking ahead for this Kennesaw game, this Kennesaw team is going to see a lot of what we saw this past Saturday with a lot of really good linebackers on this defense and two stud DNs as Coach Chestnut would call them, because these guys, they move around and they can get into the backfield. Um, of the two DNs, they have seven combined sacks on the year, so it's going to take a lot for this Kennesaw State offensive line to get in there, hold those guys at the line of scrimmage, while at the same time, it's going to be a huge job out of Shepard this weekend to maneuver those linebackers with his eyes, control the line of scrimmage, and get the ball pull-pitched to the best of his ability. Because if I'm going to guess anything, we're going to see another 6-1 front this week that we like we saw last week because if any coach that watches that tape, they succeeded. They had a lot of success against us in that front. And if they can come out, run that front to half the ability that um, Austin P was able to last weekend, they will have some success. So I'm looking for that coming into this week. It's going to – Coach Chestnut and these guys are going to have to find uh, some new wrinkles and uh, new ways to not just get the ball to the outside but get it pull-pitched inside with the two backs and just – find a way to hit these crevices and get the ball rolling upfield. And like we always say, it's a bit of a copycat league in the FCS football, and coaches watch film, players watch film, and when they with the linebacking core and the defensive ends that they have on defense, they're going to say, hey, if they can do that, we can do that, and they're going to, they're probably going to run that, and that's, that's usually how it happens. Once somebody figures something out, you usually t- tend to see it week to week. Yeah, no doubt, Caleb. I mean, shoot, that's where I'd run against us. I mean, from what we've seen all year, it, it reminds me of whenever uh, Chuck South was really successful with, ironically, the 6-1 back in 2015, 2016. That's all I felt like we saw until probably like 2017, 2018. Monmouth pulled out that even front. But, yeah, looking at their offense, man, this is a tall task for this defense. This offense can put up some points, son. Uh, they got some really good players. You you go, look, they should have two FBS wins, one over Eastern Michigan, which they lost 42-34, but were leading uh, for a good bit of that game. And they beat Bowling Green in overtime. Those are two FBS teams. Uh, you look, they hang up almost 40 in every game. Jacksonville State last week was kind of their first stumble offensively. But it all the offense – Pretty much all runs through their quarterback, Parker McKinney. This guy can throw for some yards, and he can run, too, which is dangerous. He, he's responsible for a lot of touchdowns. He's a big kid, 6'3", 208. So you can see kind of over the offensive line really well. And they have a big physical offensive line on top of that who does a really good job of protecting him. Uh, that's kind of the biggest thing for him. You look at his season totals, he's thrown for over 3,000 yards already and 23 touchdowns, and he's rushed for eight more on top of that and 370 yards on the ground. I mean, this kid is a stud, so it's going to be a really tough task for his defense. I think it kind of is the same thing where we look to the Martin game. If we're able to get pressure with only rushing four and we kind of can alleviate those linebackers by running that nickel formation that we like to get in and drop everybody else in coverage, I think that helps us out a lot. But that puts a lot of pressure on that D-line, especially the ends getting pressure off the edge. So, Jahan, who was lucky enough to be on this podcast with us, and I thank him for his time, 
he's going to have to have a big day Saturday along with everybody else. But these guys are playing for a lot. They're playing for a winning season, and that means a lot here at Kennesaw State. So uh, I look for it to be a good game. It should be a fun one to watch. And, man, I'm going to have to pack my parka. This South Louisiana boy hates the cold. So kind of happy I'm not playing in this one, but going to be a, a blast calling it. Real quick, what's the coldest game that you guys have played? And it, it, Does Montana State take the cake? Montana State takes the cake easily. So you can correct me on this, but if I remember right, it was seven degrees at kickoff and snowing. It's the most snow I've ever seen in my life. It's the most snow I hope I ever see again in my life. <laughs> yeah, it, that I remember before I ran out for punt, a little punt unit, I was like putting my cleats in the, like just those giant blasters we had, trying to get a little bit of feeling in my feet before we went out on that. I mean, it was that was a different level of cold. All the defensive linemen had hand warmers. You never see that. So, Yeah, Barbie's right. That was probably the coldest one we've had today. I just remember going to sleep the night before that game. Was like Everything was nice and clear. Woke up to like six inches the next morning. So that was an all-time crazy one. Fun fact, we got to the stadium. We're all lining up to get taped. They all said, tell us to go inside and wait. And for some, and somehow the uh, taping tables freeze over in the 20 minutes we all go inside to stay warm before we're getting taped up. Yeah, and that was the first game that I ever traveled to. And I walked out to the tape line, and literally every single person's feet, obviously they they're, they're take their socks off, every foot has heat, steam evaporating off of their feet. Like We just got to the stadium. They have bulldozers and dump trucks in the end zone, filling it full of snow and trucking it out of the stadium. It was crazy. And temperature-wise, that was the coldest game I've ever played in in my entire life. And I was just a signaler. I had on three pairs of socks, a hoodie, a long sleeve, two pairs of leggings. Man, I was freaking decked out in the cold gear. But actually, physical, like shaking-wise, was when we played South Dakota State at home in the playoffs. And, man, it was like in like the 30s, it was like raining some, sleeting some. You get soaking wet and you go over to the sideline and you're over there shaking like a leaf for the, till you get to go back out on the field. For me, I had so much warm, cold gear on in Montana that it didn't, it didn't get to me as bad. But that South Dakota State game, I went out there and got knocked over a couple times and got soaking wet. Man, it about put me down for the count. One of those skill guys, man. You got a jacket. <laughs> yeah, having a jacket, that's that's pretty clutch. We didn't have none of that. So, uh, I was going to say this. You know, that's a heck of a first game to travel to, too. That was that was a fun game. It was beautiful, man. Um, that's awesome. I, I didn't know that was your first game traveling to. That's cool. Yeah, that, that one's going to be forever ingrained in the memory of Kennesaw State football. The first game we ever went to was the furthest game we've ever played from home. So that was that was really cool. Lead me into the special teams. So we got a we got a hometown guy not too far from Kennesaw as a returner for EKU. His name's Jaden Smith. He went to Grayson High School from Loganville, Georgia. And as we've talked about with Gabe Binyard, neither of them are ranked in the FCS returners for punt returns. But Jaden Smith has eight returns with a 21-yard average. That was 10 returns. He would be the number one ranked punt returner in the nation in FCS football. And they have a sophomore kick returner, Braden Sloan, who's averaging 28.27 yards per kickoff return. 
with two 48-yard returns against Sam Houston State and University of North Alabama. So we're we're going to have to pack some cold gear and be ready to go cover when that punt unit gets called if we, if we end up punting the ball to either of those men. And then, oddly enough, we have another punter from the great continent country of Australia. His name is Jeremy Edwards. He, uh, he had one punt block this year with an average of 37, and his average has gone down drastically after the Jacksonville State game. He was in the 40s, mid-40s before that, so he's, he's definitely got a boot on him. And if he's from Australia, we know he's good. Every kicker from Australia, is, there's guys in the NFL that just decided they wanted to kick a football one day. So I, if, if he's coming all the way from down under, he's got, he's got a mission. He's going to boot that thing. And then they have the guy named Patrick Nations. That's their kickoffs guy and their field goal kicker. And he's 11, 11 for 17 on field goals. He, he missed one inside 20 and missed one over 50. But other than that, he's, he's pretty, stol- pretty solid and pretty steady and consistent. And then just a little side note about going for it on fourth downs and red zone. And whenever Kennesaw gets in the red zone, Historically, that's four down territory, and they this season they've scored 80% of the times they're in the red zone. So if they can keep the special teams off the field and get themselves in the red zone, statistically speaking, they got a good chance of getting some good points on the board. And on the flip side, they've given up 91% of scores when, when the other team reaches the red zone. So once again, we need to make sure and find a way to get the field goal block unit out there maybe try to go get another block this week. Good stuff, guys. We'll take one last break. When we come back, Jahan Myers returns for the scoreboard round on Inside the Nest. Wellstar Health System helps Kennesaw State Owls stay in the game, no matter what your health goals or concerns are. Find our convenient health centers on campus. Our providers will get to know your needs and help you stay feeling your best. When you go off campus, Wellstar is there for you too with hospitals, urgent care centers, and medical offices nearby to keep you well. Visit wellstar.org to learn more. Welcome back into Inside the Nest. Jahan Myers returns to the podcast as we wrap up the regular season scoreboard standings here with factor fiction. But before we get to that, a little would you rather. So, Jahan, just simple here. Would you rather visit the International Space Station for a week or spend a week in a hotel at the bottom of the ocean? That's kind of hard. So you got to explore the unknown in space or explore the unknown underwater? Uh, let's see. I kind of have to go to space. I think I think I would have to go to the space station. Why so? Uh, shoot, I I need to see what's outside Earth. What's what's going on in this galaxy? I need I want to see an asteroid. <laughs> All right, let's see. Is anyone joining Jihad in space? One hundred percent. I'm with you. I've always been a space geek, and. I'm 100 percent going with you. I, I want to see that asteroid with you. I want to see how close we can get. Yeah, or an alien. I, I need to know if they're real. Hey, listen, we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll do it. Let's do it. I'm floating. I'm out there, man. Zero gravity. I'm looking at the Earth, and like 
I ain't even on that thing anymore, dude. I'm looking back at it like, oh, my gosh, there's a little teeny tiny town down there, and that's where I was born and raised. Dude, that would be so <laughs> cool. I want to see an asteroid. I want to see the moon. I want. I don't even care. Shooting star from the opposite side, it looks like fire instead of just like a streaking white light. Man, I'm on board. Count me in. Put me in the, the suit. Hook me up to the oxygen, and I don't care, man. That would be so cool. That's all you need. I'm pretty sure we did this one last year, and I'm going to go with the same answer I gave last year. Call me Elon Musk. I'm going to outer space. Yeah. It's the place to be. There's a whole lot more going on up there, and you can see the Earth. On top of that, I'm taking a picture with my phone to bring back so all those flat earthers can just eat it once I show them the picture of the, the whole Earth. I'm like, I was there. I saw it. Can't prove me wrong. And... Yeah, I mean, I think it's the easy answer. Ain't a lot going on at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, I know it's super dark one. You can't see nothing. Those fish look super weird. I don't want to mess with any of that. So, yeah, man, call me Elon Musk. I'm going to space. Yes, sir. Nah, you got me wrong there, Barkley. So, the bottom of the ocean, dude, there's so much undiscovered stuff. Find a couple pirate ships, you know, find some treasure. I mean, I don't want personally because I'm not leaving. You know, I'm terrified of everything, but... Well, I mean, that's just, I, I mean, they got to give it a shot, man. Everybody's been in space. Everybody's been in space, huh? <laughs> yep, every, everybody. Everybody and their cousin. Every single person. Well, I, I guess I'm missing out. I'm going to go with the ocean part because I don't think of it as like the bottom of the deepest part of the Pacific or the Atlantic where there's complete darkness, you can't see anything, and then there's some monster fish or shark that comes and eats you. I'm thinking this is like Atlantis. And I'm underwater in a swanky hotel, and I got the tropical fish that come by because that's more relaxing. Y'all are forgetting to go up on the International Space Station and everything. Like, you're going to have to do some training, uh, like how the astronauts do. It's so worth do. it, though. It's so worth it. I think that'll be worth it. it. It's going to be hard, but we can do it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going with the ocean one. So, okay. Jahan, the defenders have been pretty good this year. The reason we keep coming to the defense here and inside the nest with this fact or fiction, they've gotten it right more times than not. This last one is really difficult. Okay, I'm not going easy on you because you got a 4.0, and I'm sticking away from the money because I feel like you get that right. Okay. <laughs> so I'll give you two statements. You tell me which one's true, which one's false, okay? okay? Two statements are, a snail can sleep for three months, or nearly 3% of the ice and the Antarctic glaciers is penguin urine. Hmm. Penguin urine. 3% of the ice. I'm going to say, uh, I think I've heard about uh, the snail sleeping for three months. So I I I'm going to go with that. Okay. I'm agreeing with him. I, I, I think I've heard that somewhere before, too. So I, I think... The snails for three months is, is the uh, correct one. I mean, because they already don't move that fast anyways. Yeah. Right, so I'm Go. coming with, with science knowledge here. You know, like I'm I'm a biology guy. That's that's my jam. And I'm going with the snail as well. Because how many times do you see snails when it's cold outside? And it's really only like way super cold in Georgia for about, eh, about three months out of the year, approximately, maybe four. But once springtime comes and it starts raining, them jokers are back. During the summertime, it rains, you might see them. But when it gets cold again, those bad boys disappear. They go down there and take them a little, little nap in the dirt, 
wait till it warms back up and comes back out. So I'm taking the snails. Following my boy Jahan, we're riding it on to victory right here. Man, so I, I, I've ridden with the players a lot in this podcast. And it's only worked for me once. And it was whenever I rode with, I think it was Carlos Allen I rode with and it worked out for me. This one, I, I just think Nolan pulled it out. He said it was going to be hard. And all y'all are going with the snail. So that that just leads me to leading the other way. And I need points. So I'm going with the penguin urine. I'm going to roll with it. It's super gross. And that would be a crazy fact. So I, I'm going to go with that one. Sorry, man. I usually ride with players that got to go against the grain this time. You know, th- this one's very tough. Because I feel like there's a theme in these factor fictions where the three months could be three weeks. Or it could be a different number. But at the same time, it could be the same amount with the whole penguin urine stuff. This is a tough one. I'm with Barkley. I need the points too, but oh man. I my favorite animal is a penguin, so I got I gotta go with my boys. I gotta go with the penguin urine one. Okay. Caleb, you know how you said you can go a while without seeing snails? go from the fall and yes. then they seem to go away you can go longer than three months you can go up to three years oh my gosh that is wrong barkley and bryce you get the points nearly three percent of the ice in the antarctic glaciers is penguin urine the fact you didn't want to know that you now know that's so gross shenanigans <laughs> that's so gross on top of that man i want to pick the snails too because they all make good points but man, three years, that's crazy. Hearing Caleb go right before me, that was hard not to fall on, I can't lie, with his his biology knowledge. Hmm. I, I, I decided that if I'm going down, I'm taking all of you with me. That was my game plan there. I'm playing to win. Too much ice for for three percent of it to be penguin urine. I guess they drink a lot of ocean water when they go diving for fish. We we can talk about that in another inside the nest episode, but <laughs> Jahan, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Sorry you couldn't get it right today. I guess I take a little pride in stumping a 4.0 student. Uh, But uh, next time we have you on, we'll talk money, and I'm sure you'll get it right, bud. Almost definitely. Thank you again for the time. Best of luck at EKU this Saturday. All right, thank you.